So Joe, yeah, these are grades, baby. Yeah, so this is a good we've idea. Been having, we've been having a variety of podcasts lately with sort of a wider scope over the NBA landscape, including I thought a really great podcast we did with Grant the other day that should be coming out shortly. Um, yes, that's coming sure out today. Today, I'm pretty sure all the stuff we talked about in there will still be pretty fresh but oh, yeah. we've sort of been neglecting a certain team in a certain northwest city that starts with the letter p and ends with the letter d and in the middle <laughs> is ortland and that team huh. of which being the portland trailblazers <laughs> and so with it being a little bit over a third of the way through the season i thought it would be appropriate to give out um the grades for the first yeah. round of the season for the blazer roster and so yeah we'll just start getting into some of the players breaking down how they've played this year and so i guess no better way to jump off than with the star damian lillard all right Shannon, do you want to dig in on him a plus i mean he's doing everything you can ask he's hitting game winners he's dropping 30 bombs like it's nothing he's he's doing everything we needed he, he just 11 assists last night bro i mean that's not even usually averages what like eight nine like that's more than yeah. we, we usually even expect from him, dude. He's doing everything we need. He's carrying us to wins without his right-hand man and also our third-best player, Yusuf Nurkic. He's doing everything we expect him to do and more. I mean, I don't think any of us expected to be in the fifth spot in the Western Conference right now With when we saw CJ and Nurk go down. Like, I don't think that was like, – I was like, I hope we can hold on and be in that seventh, eighth area. But Dame is okay, taking us to more than that, so. Yeah, Plus. and – it's really been impressive to me how, um, and he said this yesterday, the focus for him has really been on making some of the more peripheral players feel comfortable, which has certainly been kind of the guiding force behind this win streak. Because last season, recall the Blazers were devastated by injuries as well, and it was really only when Damian Lillard would go out and score 40 or 50 points that um, he'd have any chance of competing against like other playoff teams. But no, this year it's really been Gary Trent Jr. and Franny Simons, yeah. especially Ennis Cantor, just some of the other players um, who have been able to step up and score like 15 to 25 points a game. And a big part of that is like Shannon was saying, Damian Lillard, his assist percentage is at 33% this year. He's definitely making that a bigger part of his game and just sort of empowering his teammates to like take on focal points in the offense. I I don't know if I could give Damian Lillard an A plus this year just because I feel like we know we know what he's capable of and and he's been having a really good season. But I mean like we've seen better from Dame before. I I'm gonna have to give him I'm gonna have to give him a B plus just just because I feel like if I gave him an A plus Later this season, he's going to have like three or four weeks where he's like averaging 40 points on 50% three-point shooting. And like, I've, I've got to save my A-plus for that, I feel. But I feel like that's just like off the boards. Like, yeah, like you don't expect any player to, sc- to score 50 points like five times in two weeks or whatever. Like, uh, look, yeah, I, I, I definitely get what you're saying, but at the same yeah. time, like. I feel like we've got a kind of great – I'm grading on a bit of a curve, I feel like. So okay, okay, okay. This, what, that makes what sense. What Dame's done would be like an A-plus for like 90% of players. But, I mean, we've seen him – we've seen what he did in the bubble last year. We saw what he did in like that January through February stretch. I mean – That's fair. 
Okay. I feel like he's going to go nuclear. That's okay. Fine. And also we should give him some motivation, I guess. So I'll, I'll drop mine to an A. Yeah. <laughs> but, so you can give I him mean, an A plus when he has that crazy week. Yeah. He has to but grind for that. Back to back. I think he, he hasn't been inefficient by any means. He's still shooting like 38 from behind the arc and his shot attempts are very difficult. Like that's kind of one of the things we talked about um, in with, um, comparing like Dame to some of the other elite shooters in basketball is how much of Dame's shots come off the dribble. Like he creates pretty much all of his shots for himself. Yeah. And most of them are like beyond 30 feet from the basket. So just yeah. good efficiency on insane, difficult shots. And he's really obviously the focal point of the Blazers offense. And pretty much whenever Damian Lillard's on the floor, like, a majority of the baskets are either scored by him or assisted by him. So just playing such an important role in the offense. And when Damian Lillard's on the floor and even when he's off the floor, the Blazers have been like one of the best offenses in the league. We're at number five right now. And so you've just got to give credit for a guy who's got such a big role in one of the best offenses in the NBA. And so. Exactly, dude. Dude. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll give him an A minus. It's unfair to give him a B. I yeah, got, dude, a B plus is kind of tough. Yeah, I gotta give him an A minus. <laughs> What's I dude? I didn't realize that Anthony Simons he kind of went off last game. Yeah, he's been kind of going off for several games, bro. We'll talk about him, but some cryptic mm. language in regard to Anthony Simons yesterday. So definitely something to keep an eye on. What do you mean in terms of a trade? Uh, other teams have been. Closely monitoring Anthony Simon's growth on the Blazers is all Shane oh, no. Karania had to say. And so he might be in some sort of demand. We'll have to wait and find out. Yikes. That kind of sucks. Okay. So Dame- the Blazers have probably three of the best, game, like, 20 or 25 guards in the NBA. And so yeah. we're kind of loaded at that position. So if somebody wanted to give us a good offer for Anthony Simon's, I would. I would hear them out. What, what would I be? Agree. Who do you think's most interested? Oh, I don't know. It's probably some young team that actually has playing time for him. Because, like, as much as I love Anthony Simons, like when CJ McCollum comes back, like our guard rotation is kind of spoken for between Dame, CJ, and Gary. Yeah. Like, yeah, because, I mean, when we drafted Anthony Simons, I don't think anybody saw Gary turning into, like, one of the better shooting guards in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely well, I'm, 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 I want to look at Gary. What is- no, I mean, I, I still am all I'm – I'm, I'm a believer in Anthony Simons. Like, I think he's obviously still getting better and has played the best basketball of his career in the past couple of weeks. All I'm saying is that if somebody wanted to offer us, like, a – really good upgrade at the wing position. Like I'd be willing to like sacrifice the fourth best guard in our team in order to get somebody who would be like the best wing on our team. Like, yeah, I agree. Um, dude, I've drawn, I remember when we went to that Phoenix game and Gary, that was like before he was like popping mm-hmm. off, but he would shoot every time he touched yeah. the ball. Like yeah. literally every time he touched the ball, he would just shoot it. I guess that's how you get good. I don't even know. Yeah, and and that's still and that's still the case. Like he has one yeah. of the lowest assist percentages of any guard in the NBA with yeah. the usage he has. But I mean, when the shots are going in, you can't really argue with it. And the shots have been going in in a big way for Gary Trent. So Excellent. I was looking at um his 
stats the other day. So I guess unless do you, Callan, do you have anything to say about Damian Lillard or can we just start talking about Gary Trent now? No, yeah, Dame, I'd give him an A. I mean, he's yeah, averaging like 30 points a game. Yeah, yeah, fourth leading score in the NBA. So, um, yeah, Gary Trent, I was looking at his stats the other day because I was talking with Wesley and we were trying to figure out like which player in the NBA we would compare him to. And his um, like uh, first reaction was Buddy Heald, which I mean, like Buddy Heald last year maybe, but I mean, Buddy's kind of regressed from three-point shooting, which is kind of a topic unto itself. But um, I mean... I would put Gary way above that because Gary Trent's already a better shooter and affects the game in so many other ways than Buddy Heald. Like, oh, yeah. Gary, he hasn't been playing that tenacious defense we remember from like the bubble or a sophomore season, which I mean, that's to be expected. Like, Gary's kind yeah, of a from a regular season. Yeah, he's a veteran in the league. He kind of knows when to pick his spots. He still had that great sequence in the Mavericks game yesterday where Robert Covington got a deflection. Gary picked it up, took it in for and one. Very next position, Gary got a steal of his own and took it down for a dunk. So he yeah. he can still affect the game on defense when he wants to. Um, another way, another just inch fun part of the Mavericks game, there is no, um, no better combination than Gary Trent Jr. and Chris Stops Porzingis offensive fouls. Like if Gary Trent and Chris Stops are sharing the court, you can you can count on Chris Stops to foul Gary a couple times on all. <laughs> um, that I remember back in the bubble last year, that was actually how Chris Duff's frizzing his style out was posted. Yeah. And um, that happened, that happened again last, last night. Um, but yeah, Gary Trent, he's been having an incredible season and it really does feel like he's kind of growing into something special because last year he, he seemed like a quintessential three and D wing, like a really good three and D wing, but like just that. But when you compare his numbers with like some of the other guys we think of in that regard, like a Danny Green or a Contavious Caldwell-Pope, he really is um, such a more dynamic player than those guys because those players are all kind of um, similar in the way that they are assisted on most of their threes. They don't really dribble very much. They're just kind of catch-and-shoot players on offense. Gary Trent, not the case for him as much. He's Mm -hmm. been taking – a ton of, well, not a ton of threes, but he's been taking about half his threes off the dribble this year. And that's a shot he's very efficient in already. Like there's been no, there's been no learning curve. He's already taking step backs. Um, He's, he takes threes with a hand in his face. I'm trying to remember at the end of the first half yesterday, he took a very difficult contested three that cut the lead to like 64, 61. I forget he thought that over, but. A lot of times he doesn't even really step back. He'll just like, catch it and then kind of like being like a threat and then just take sort of like a rhythm dribble and just pull up in their face. Yeah. Yeah. He is a sharp shooter to say the least. Um, he's, he's, he can pull up from mid range too. That's been a good shot for him. He'll like yeah. get to about the elbow and kind of take and then that high arcing shot. Yeah. And that's the shot that goes in from quite often. It's really the finishing around the rim. That's kind of the last level of scoring yeah. that he kind of has yet to master. Um, he always goes for like this kind of weird scoop shot looking. Yeah. Thing. Um, I, think I, he'll, I think he'll get better at it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that'll just come with more practice. That still accounts for like such a small percentage of the shots he takes. He just doesn't get very many reps with it. I feel like, but like, yeah, when he's working in the pick and roll and kind of doesn't have his momentum built up, 
he'll go for that little underhanded shot um, when he is kind of working with a head of steam. He'll often just jump straight into the um, big man at the rim and finish over him, which he, he can do that pretty well, surprisingly. Yeah. I remember the game in the bubble last year against the Mavericks. Um, he got that seal and jumped straight into Boban Marjanovic. He was the tallest player in the NBA and just effortlessly finished over him. So, Thanks. yeah, he's he's becoming a much more well-rounded player. It's pretty clear he's going to um, be more than just the 3 and D wing that was so productive in the bubble. I really think just that being comfortable drawing contact, finishing around the rim, as sort of a counter to the three-pointers in the mid-range, that's going to be something he continues to work on, as well as the passing. Like I said before, he has one of the lowest assist percentages of any guard in the league with his skill set. So yeah. um, he's still that's still not something he really even attempts to do. Um, he's like, yeah, he's he's not really a passing-focused player, which I mean, that's fine when he scores efficiently as Gary Trent does. Like nobody's ever going to fault you for just looking for your own shot. But I think yeah. that's going to be something that he continues to work on as he grows as well, especially when CJ McCollum comes back and Gary Trent's on the second unit and really takes up more of that, like initiating ball handling, creating um, responsibility. I think like being able to find Anthony or find Rodney or find Melo, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. an important thing for him. And it's so, such yeah. a unique it's such a unique thing because it was already sort of like sort of unheard of to have CJ and Dame, like both such ball dominant scores on the same team. Yeah. Like at the guard position. And then you add a third one who can like score off the dribble. Like, yeah, it's such a unique thing, but I think it puts so much pressure on team's defense because like you, you can't put a guard on Dame or CJ at this point. You just can't. And yeah. like Gary is going to shoot over any yard too. So you have to like use good defenders on these guys. And that just makes it easier for everyone else on the court. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to put a wing on Dame too, because he yeah. plays so much in the pick and roll. Most of those like small forwards or power forwards, they're not really getting through that screen on a consistent yeah. basis. And so that's when Dame can really get to work. And he's like underrated one of the quickest players in the NBA. So like yeah. there aren't many non-guard players who can keep up with Damian Lillard. Really the best, the guy who's defended Dame, the best this year has to be Lou Dort back in that game when we mm -hmm. played Oklahoma yeah. City. He gave Dame a lot of issues, as did Ben Simmons, I guess. Um, Dame kind of lit up the Sixers in the first quarter, but Ben Simmons, I thought, was pretty effective on him for most of that game. Yeah, but, yeah but these are like unique build type players you're talking about. Like, it's yeah. not easy to find a player like that. Yeah, those like, are like, kind of forcing teams to, to have someone like that who can defend guards like these. Yeah, those guys are arguably the two best guard defenders in the NBA. So, yeah, not many teams have a Ben Simmons or a Ludor. Um, but, yeah, and, like, CJ and Gary, like, their their games both scale so well that they're okay, like, having, like, a 20% usage or not taking all the shots. Like, they're good off-ball players as well. And so Yeah, for sure. And, and, like, they're always ready to score. Like, it's not like... They need yeah. like some rhythm shots or anything like they're ready to just light it up at any time. Yeah. Like so. there will be nights where I guess we can talk about CJ in a minute, but there will be nights <laughs> where like Dame will shoot the first like 10 shots and CJ hasn't scored. And then all of a sudden CJ hits five in a row. Like, yeah, it really is just a pick your poison scenario. And so, I mean, I guess to make the inevitable official, I'm going to give Gary Trent an A plus for what he's done so far this year. Yeah. I think that's definitely fair. He's definitely, Cause like coming out of the bubble, I, I like, I think we talked about it. It was like, we don't expect him to keep that up, but he's like improved. 
So you got to give him an A plus. Yeah. Um, and every if every time he steps on the court, I mean, he's still improving. I remember the game where he kind of burst onto the scene was, um, well, there were a few. He had a few really good games um, towards the second half of the pre-bubble season last year. He had that game against San Antonio when he hit like four threes in the fourth quarter. That kind of sealed the game for us. He had that game against Utah, which was the one where um, it ended with that questionable no call on the Rudy Gobert goaltend. And that was the game when uh, Donovan Mitchell had some things to say about Gary Trent Jr. in the post-game press conference. So he really was bursting onto the scene as like a 3-and-D role player last year. And in the bubble, like he came out guns blazing and he was like one of the biggest storylines, like how this kid nobody really heard of is shooting 50% from three and like playing great defense too. I'll always remember that little sequence where Paul George was like, as as he and Gary were walking back down the court. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and he's still getting better this year. So a very fun player to watch. I really hope the Blazers keep him in the off season. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I did There's not no realize he's shooting 46 the last 10 games from three. He was yeah, dude. Gary. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that, well, that's dude. that's about what he. Almost I mean, that's what he shot. He's, he's a forty-four percent shooter on the season, yeah. so he's just lights out. And I mean, I'm usually not one to tell or criticize billionaires on how they spend their money, but Jody, if if you if you don't give Gary the bag, that's gonna that's gonna be an issue. So. <laughs> uh, next, dude. He's a winner. I think. Yeah. I think we need him like as a part of like a run. Like, he's just a winning breed, you feel me? Like, he just makes winning plays and knows how to get it done. We need that. Yeah, he looks like a warrior, dude. So, Channing, you said you wanted to talk about C.J. McCollum? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I think that C.J. McCollum is just continuing to get better as well. Like, when he was, like, healthy, obviously, um, I was saying this. I thought he was the best ISO guard in the league like the hardest guard to stop one-on-one in the league. And I mean, obviously you have like Kyrie Irving in that conversation, but like one-on-one, he literally felt unstoppable. Like he's, his bag is so, so, so deep because he added such an efficient three this year. And like, he's talked about, he focused a lot on that in the off season. And so like the step back three, the side step three, and then of course the mid range and getting to the basket, like literally so, so, so hard to stop one-on-one. We saw clutch shots, big plays, like, I just like CJ was like, he was a starting, he was an all-star starter when he was healthy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was going to say too. Like, I, I, I don't know if he's like James Harden level of hard to stop just because those guys like the, they're, they're one or two moves are just so dominant, but he has. The no. Team. Yeah. No. Like if James Harden, but like when he was playing, like James yeah. Harden wasn't really like there was stuff going on with that. So like, yeah. Like CJ, at that time, I felt like he was like the best. Yeah, CJ, he's got the deepest bag of any guard in the NBA. He's just got counters on counters on counters yeah. to every move, and it's just it's very fun to watch. And um, what season was it that he played really well? Was that 2015-16 season? His breakout season, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was that was really the only season where he's really coupled that elite shot creation with, like, the efficiency to match like he's always been a wonderful um like ball handler he's always just been able to create create his shot up 
out of absolutely nowhere. But this year he really coupled that with like some of the best efficiency in the league as well. Um, he was shooting um, like 40%, over 40% on his threes. At the time he yeah. was injured, he led the NBA and three pointers made per game. So he yeah. was just doing this on such a high volume and on such a high level. He was it's so bad for him, bro. He was, yeah. he was going to be an all-star and sucks. Yeah, he was. I mean, hopefully maybe some of the media and coaches will just recognize how well he was playing and put him in as a backup. But yeah. I mean, like I wouldn't blame them if he didn't, if they didn't. Cause I mean, 13 games, that's just not a whole lot of games. Um, I'll still give him an A plus though for the season. Yeah, me too. Because when he comes back, like I'm, I'm not worried at all about him um, when he comes back. Like, no. I feel like he'll be able to pretty much pick up right where he left yeah. off in all of his interviews and stuff. He's sounding very positive, and I really yeah. think it's awesome how well the Blazers have been playing because now CJ can just take his time and come back when he feels ready mm-hmm. and not feel like he has to rush the recovery process. Um, Facts, dude. He's he's got to be like one of the most underrated ball handlers in the NBA. Like he might be my favorite ball handler. He's just so tight. And so like, like he doesn't turn the ball over, but he like, like, I just think of that. He pulled out that spin move for the game winner over whoever that was earlier this season. Like that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. But he like is so smooth and so tight with it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. To be able to like do the things he does and and only have like a 5% turnover rate. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, you can tell how much work he puts into it. Um, and, yeah, it'll be super fun to have him back. What's He's supposed to be reevaluated, like, now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, supposed to get an the, update on it. The other day, he said in an interview that his, his progress is coming along well, but his return is not imminent yet. So, it sounds like he, yeah. I didn't expect him to return. Like now, I just wanted like an update. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I think you're right because I think it was like early March or late February yeah. when he was supposed to get the boot off at least, and I think that's when they were gonna reevaluate it. And so, um, so yeah, that'll be exciting. It'll that 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 was one of the things I was talking about with Grant the other day. Is that I mean I'm not obviously I'm excited for CJ to come back, but I'm not going to be like mad if it's like in late March or a little mm-hmm. bit later than we initially expected. I just kind of am excited for there to be a timetable on it for us to have. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Concrete date of when he's coming back. Um, then goes the all-star so, break. Yeah. Isn't the all-star game on March 6th? There's having a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Where? I know it's kind of sketchy. March 6th. Yeah. In Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. yeah. So the Damn. all-star break will probably be like three days on either th- on either side of that, maybe. Damn, I, I didn't realize yeah. that's a legit thing. I thought they were just talking about it. Frick. That's stupid. Yeah, they're going to do it. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it says, um, well, on January 19th, it was updated like for him and Nurk. Um, for CJ, it was he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. So that was four days ago. So hopefully, hopefully the reevaluation occurs soon. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys, are you giving him? What are you going to give? Chance. What did you want to give? Oh, A plus. A plus for sure. I don't. I don't expect him to like. 
he was already so good and then he just leveled up like major like yeah it's gotta, gotta get um, with with james harden um now being the quote-unquote point guard of the brooklyn nets offense according to kyrie irving when cj mccollum comes back he's gonna have a very real opportunity to kind of stake his claim as the league's best shooting guard i think if he, so dope, if, he Let's can, go. if he can keep up what he was doing before obviously that means that oh. Kyrie irving's a shooting guard and bradley beal has been putting up really good numbers too so that's probably the competition as well as donovan mitchell booker i i like booker more than donovan mitchell and bradley beal but he he's just not really brought it to that degree yet this year yeah so i would be, i said before i like cj more than Oh, Donnie boy. I think just CJ's bag is just so deep. You can't say it enough, bro. Like, players can't match that. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Like, Kyrie Irving is another player with a really deep bag. Uh, like, yeah, he is. Yeah, Kyrie and CJ, they've kind of got sort of like not really similar games, I guess, but they're so both just kind of fun to watch because they have like deep bags, I guess. To me, Kyrie, CJ, and Steph are all like the best ball handlers in the league. Like, and that's a yeah. crazy Probably. group to be a part of for CJ to yeah. join that. Like, and so. Dame is like in a different way, a really good ball handler. Yeah, he, yeah. He doesn't really have the moves that those guys have, but everything he does is just like so efficient and so fast that it's like still super effective. Like, the, no, yeah. The way he can kind of get like a player off balance and then just step back and have that room to shoot is like impressive in its own right. It just like isn't as right. See, the, those other three guys kind of rely on like literally the ball as like a means of like foolery and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like CJ has like like you were saying, waiting till they're off balance and timing, and then his first step is just crazy. Or yeah. did I say CJ? I meant Dame, but yeah. Dame's first step is just crazy. Like he leaves everyone in the dust every time. It's crazy, but yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, you guys are, yeah. you guys are about to start a six, a six wins, a six win streak, because you guys are gonna beat the Thunder, Pelicans, and Wizards. Yeah, uh, I the Pelicans have had the Blazers number the past year. Um, I don't care. So I don't. I don't want to count that one in the win column, and I don't want to count the Thunder either, because the Thunder, the Thunder have beaten us this season, and they just beat the Bucks the other day. And yeah. So, hey, but we actually have a better record than the Bucks, so. Timing true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And um, the Bucks, they they did play well in the one game where the Blazers and the Bucks matched up at the head. But I I I would not use one game as an indication of which of those two teams is better. So, um, no, but yeah, I I'm I'm hoping for uh, I'd be cool with like three and three over the next six. Well, yeah, you guys have to play the freaking Suns and Nuggets and Lakers. The Suns, I think we can. I think we can beat one of those three. Oh yeah, well yeah, obviously. Especially the Lakers. Um, some concerning stuff surrounding the Lakers right now. I know we talked yeah, about dude, it. Dude, I feel bad, dude. I don't want. I hope that's not bad. I know. Yeah, we talked about this the other day on the podcast about how Anthony Davis's condition was Achilles tendinosis instead of tendinitis, and I, I was kind of concerned about them putting him back on the court because that although it's an injury you can play for, it's just kind of one of those long-term conditions that kind of can go on at, like for four to six months and like make you more susceptible to other injuries. And obviously that concern was, I guess, um, it came to fruition last night because they strained that Achilles. And so, yeah, hopefully that's something he'll be able to 
recover from. But I mean, I wouldn't blame the Lakers for resting him. Like they're going to make the playoffs. Like just make sure he's right for, just make sure he's right for the important games. Like that's what I will do. Let, let LeBron carry so he can win an MVP. And then... Yeah. No. If okay, yeah. That sucks for AD though. Yeah. yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, that Suns game. I'm excited for the Suns game because, like, the Blazers have been winning, but we haven't been making ground on them because the Blazers four game win streak. Phoenix, they're at five games now, and they've yeah. they've been playing very well as of late. And so that'll be a that'll be a good one. I was talking um, with. I forget who it was the other day, but really the Blazers, we've played the Lakers, Clippers, and Jazz, who, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Lakers, but all those teams are like, in theory, kind of one tier above us. And we've played the, um, we've played like the Warriors and the Spurs and like the Kings, but those teams I would say are like a tier below, a tier or two below the Blazers. It's really like the Mavericks, Suns, Nuggets. Like those are kind of the teams that the Blazers are competing with right now. And the Mavericks was our first Mavericks last night was our first game against one of those teams. And so it was exciting to get the win in that one. I was saying like, that was kind of the most important game of the season so far. Yeah. And so it'll be, yeah, we're about to play the the Nuggets and the Suns too. Yeah. Yeah. Those will be big games. I'm excited to play the Suns. I want, I want to, I, it would be cool if both of the Blazers and the Suns kind of kept up those win streaks going into that game. Facts. Suns, Suns have got the uh, Nets on Tuesday, so that might that's gonna put that streak to the test. Yeah. So yeah, um, speaking of injuries, should we move on to Yusuf Nurkic? Yeah. I'm gonna give him an incomplete, just because I would feel bad judging him. He, I mean, and and um, I know I see. What he gets an eye. Yeah, yeah, he gets an eye. His. <laughs> His return wasn't as, um, I guess, impressive or as we hope, like just based off, he was playing incredibly well in the bubble for the first part of the bubble. He was kind of gassed towards the end. But I mean, he hadn't really been playing basketball in Bosnia. His grandmother had passed away, so his mind was kind of on other things. He came back to Portland. He was a little bit out of shape, certainly not in basketball shape and – he was still making an impact. Like the Blazers, we've had one of the worst defenses in the NBA, although we are quickly climbing back up those rankings. We went from like 29th to 26th in the span of a week. So that's promising. But when Nurkic is on the floor, we actually have a perfectly average defense. I think we're like 15th in the league when Nurkic is playing. And so although like although he hasn't looked like prime Nurk, like we saw in the bubble or we saw before his leg injury in the 2018-19 season. Um, like he's, he's still like statistically was a big impact for us. And so I'm kind of just waiting to see what he looks like when he gets back. I mean, yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, we saw some flashes. I think it was the Kings game. One of the, like the last games before he went down and he had a big game that game. Like, He's yeah. definitely still capable. He's just kind of getting back to it. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I think you're right. Those Kings games and then that Timberwolves game was another one before he went down, and you could really kind of start to see him getting back into form. And that was just such a fluky accident, how he got hurt. It's, he's, had, he's had the worst injury luck 
because he was swiping at the ball and knocking Brogdon's hands and he just missed it. And then his wrist happened to just make the perfect contact with Malcolm Brogdon's knee. Like it's just so such yeah, a, like if his, if it had, if his hand had like rotated it all out of the direction, like it would have been fine. Like. Or if he had, he had been like one inch up on his leg and like hit like above his thigh. Yeah. It's just, it's just a really big bummer for him, especially because he was like you were saying, starting to round back into form, but I'm still very optimistic about what Norkic can provide to this team when he comes back. And so, yeah, I'm going to give him an Same. incomplete, but like a hopeful incomplete. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I like that. Bro, I lo- I'm digging the surfs up. That is sick as hell. Dude, that's the best movie of all time, bro. <laughs> the chicken that's like, uh, <laughs> that's my favorite. Tell me a chicken joke. <laughs> it's the best I movie freaking ever. love that movie. Oh, my God. Okay, so Nurk gets an incomplete. Yeah. Poor little Nurky. Do you want do you want to talk yeah. about Roko? Sure. Um, I've been very happy with Roko so far. He just is such a difference maker on defense. He actually has the highest net rating of any Blazer on the team. And I mean, a lot of that is just because he he's pretty much tied down to Dame. A lot of uh, pretty much all of his minutes are minutes when Dame is also on the floor. So he kind of benefits from that. But I mean. He's he's been as advertised defensively, wouldn't you agree, Shannon? Yeah, definitely. He's done everything. We we were excited about his off ball defense, especially when we brought him on the team, and that's it's been amazing. It's been very cool to see. Um, yeah, that that deflection in Philadelphia. I mean, that's or not in Philadelphia, but against <laughs> Philadelphia. That's pretty much a game winner right there. Philadelphia yeah. was down one sixteen one fourteen. Had a chance to tie or take the lead with about six seconds to go. And Rocco knocked away the inbounds pass, and we win that game. Such uh, an impressive play, too. Like, yeah, yeah, just takes so much skill and such good timing. Yeah, totally. Um, what or didn't win the jump ball, but recovered the loose ball. Um, in Chicago, that led to the Dane game winner. Um, he just one of those super heads up alert players. Like that's what makes such a good defender. A lot of times, is someone who just pays such good attention and just reads the play so well. Yeah, yeah, I. I have a hard time like differentiating. Like obviously we can tell um, which players in the NBA have good hands as opposed to which ones don't, but just everything that goes into it, like the coordination, the timing, just like yeah. you were saying, the awareness to know where the ball is going to be. Um, yeah. And like, he has all of that and that makes him like one of the best help defenders in the league. You can't really dribble the ball on the same side of the floor as Robert Covington. Yeah. I'll just take it away from you. Um, exactly. When he was guarding Luka Doncic yesterday, he was actually, I mean, pretty effective. Like, Luka can hit a fadeaway mid-ranger over just about any player in the NBA. Like, that's a pretty yeah. unstoppable shot. But you could kind of tell just, like, the Mavericks were working so hard to have Luka being guarded by anybody except for Robert Covington that, um, like, that was obviously a matchup that gave Luka some issues. I mean, Robert picked his pocket at least once over the course of the game. And so... Yeah, he's just been a very impactful um, defensive player. The shot's been starting to fall on offense, which, I mean, I Robert Covington, he's kind of built as this 3-and-D player, so we always kind of knew that the shot was supposed to be a thing. 
But really, I mean, he's still been a very positive player, even when the shot's not falling. So the fact that he's finally getting into his rhythm from three, that's just kind of a luxury at this point. But I mean, obviously that makes me very excited about how Robert's going to play going forward. Yeah, for sure. I love it. What was his grade again? I'd give him an A minus. I'm going to give him a B plus. I just like... I don't know. I say I think I like A minus because I was gonna say I think he can. I think he's capable of a little more scoring, but we have plenty of scoring on the team, so it's like he kind of just does it when he needs to. But um, yeah, so I think an A minus is definitely fair. That logo three he hit in Dallas. I don't. Yeah, think, I don't think anybody expected that to go, and you could kind of see Ennis trying to rebound it while the <laughs> ball was going through the hoop. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely catching his groove. From yeah. Three, so yeah, there was that. What was it against Philadelphia the first time where he had a good scoring game? Like he had like seventeen or something like that. Yeah. Or was it the Knicks? I don't even remember. I think it might have been the Wizards game where. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I he was a part of that ensemble cast that played so well against the Sixers as well when we beat them without Damian Lillard or really half of our team. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mellow. So. Uh, Mello? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk Mello. Yeah, Mello, it's kind of been a tale of two halves of the season for Mello. Yeah, because so he was dog water for a while. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, bro, what is he doing? Like, every time he gets the ball, he wants to fade away, and he's just bricking him time and time again. But that has that has changed. Yeah, it has. It has definitely changed. What's what's his um, field goal percentage from the last ten games? Forty-one. Okay, thirty-six from three. There you go. Mello, turn it up. What was it? How many points is he averaging? Thirteen point five a game. There you go. You have so many guys that average a decent amount of points per game. What the hell? Yeah, and I mean, remember Carmelo Anthony? He was getting some chatter for the sixth man of the year heading into the season. Yeah. I think that was always maybe a little bit optimistic although yeah the blazers they may they may have the sixth man of the year on their team it might not be carmelo anthony though um but yeah he certainly has turned gary yeah i think gary that was my pick let's go it was yeah that's dope um because I think he's still technically eligible. He hasn't started half the games yet. He'll he'll probably lose his eligibility in a game or two and then regain his eligibility later on once CJ comes back and plays yeah. the file. No, but dude, the Mello, because you told me to watch those highlights and when I did, dude, Ooh. did he score 15 in a row? I don't know about in a row, but I know he scored 17 in the fourth quarter. And a lot of I it- saw someone saying, like, when he scored 15 in a row, and I didn't even realize when I was watching, but dude, it looked, it literally reminded me of his 62 point performance, bro. Yeah. Like, those clips were just like, he just catches it and he just goes up with it. And it's the one where he caught the ball with like four seconds left on the shot clock, tried to go past Tobias Harris, but credit Tobias Harris, he kind of slid his feet and stayed in front of Mel. And he ended up pivoting around into like a fadeaway bank shot. <laughs> like that was just quintessential. Now. Like he, the floodgates were wide open at that point. <laughs> no, that's literally MSG 62 point mellow, baby. The baseline flush was that the same game. I don't even know, but I think that might've been uh, the Cavs game. Yeah. Um, and then he had another. Took it- 
Yeah, and then he had another big dunk yesterday against Dallas at the expense of Maxi Kleba, who has not looked as good as I hoped he would, but that's for a different podcast. But yeah, um, dude, Melo has been insane recently, but I'm going to I'm going to give him uh I'm going to give him a B. I think yeah, I I think that's what I was going to say too. A B. Yeah. That's fair. Um maybe I'll give him a B plus just because I don't think we would have won that Philadelphia game if it wasn't for his fourth quarter heroic. So the fact that he kind of put us on his shoulder, like that's that's good for a lot in my opinion because that that's, that's yeah, a big for sure for him. Um, Definitely huge one. And like um, he's kept up the great hands on defense. He yeah high level of effort from a guy like in his 18th year. Like mm-hmm. he's doing a lot. Um, like yeah, we if, if the shots to- fall, he's he's such a huge impact. It just depends on his shots falling. We talked about Robert Covington having good hands. Melo, he he gets a like if you try to go up for a layup or go up for a dunk and Melo swipes down. Yeah, he, he he swipes at that pretty hard and he often gets it. He he scared me so much last night. I thought I thought he was gonna get called for that offensive foul as it was happening. In the replay, it was pretty clear that no, in fact It was a great no call, but the way the game was going, I definitely thought it would get called. Yeah. He didn't extend his elbow from like the cylinder of his body whatsoever. Um, Luca, maybe a little bit of acting. I, I don't know. Um, and so, Luca was uh, Luca was like in his range of motion. Like I mean, yeah, yeah, there was definitely contact, but yeah, Mello, he just kind of pivoted into him, and then a great pass by Mello. He found Derek under the basket, and Derek too. I mean, that was a pretty heads up play. Jalen Brunson, he was he was there. He was ready to contest the shot. Nice pump fake from Derek. Let the defender fly by, and he laid yeah. it in. That was just a nice, nice all-around effort. An impressive him. catch by Derek, too. Mel whipped that thing. Yeah, yeah. That was a huge play. Derek, Derek, we should move on to him. An incredible game last night against yeah. the Dallas Mavericks. He was a big part of slowing down um, Luca as well. He was guarding Chris Stops for most of the game, and that worked out very well for us because we could kind of just switch that whenever they used KP as a screener. Chris Stops. He really couldn't get anything going against us um, last last game, which was surprising because in the bubble, Kristaps had one of the better games of his career going against the Blazers. It's been kind of trash, dude. Yeah. Let's that, be real. I, he's been kind of trash. I, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. Um, uh, he's been pretty see, trash. Like, Ennis was just throwing Kristaps around like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what's his... Uh, Kristaps is zero presence at all down low. Like yeah, he yeah, just he really, he really does. That sucks for being so tall. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, um, because I mean, when the shots falling, having a seven footer who can drain threes like Kristaps, yeah. like that's a that's very big. cool thing to have. But yeah, he was not a positive player for them last night. Yeah. Sure. But, but yeah, back to Derek. Derek more so than even Robert Covington has kind of been the guy we've used against the best player on the other team for much of the season. Like he's guarded LeBron James. He was the one who defended like, I guess, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. We put him on Kawhi Leonard. Like he's often assigned these very difficult matchups. And um, I don't really know if he's like the best, like one-on-one stopper in the NBA. I think you know, I said this before. Derek is my favorite 1v1 defender on our team. Oh, yeah, probably on our team. Yeah. No, yeah. But um, 
I love what he does 1v1. He's, he uses his length so well. And um, like we talked about Robert Covington being so great off ball, but I think one-on-one, like Derek is like, he reminds me of um, Brandon Ingram a little bit. Um, like Brandon Ingram is kind of low-key sluggish, but um, Derek is, uses his length so well and he's just so lanky. Um, I love him 1v1 defender. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think he is a little lanky. Like against some of the stronger guys, he kind of has issues. Even against like Luca, Luca was able yeah. He can to get tossed a little bit too. He can get yeah. tossed. But the cool thing about um, Derek Jones is you may think you've beaten them, but if if Derek gets if you get Derek on your back, like the the play is still far from over. Yeah, Derek, it's it's almost worse, honestly. Yeah, it actually it actually is. Like I yeah. I would take a Derek contest from behind any day, but um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I'd call him the best one. I'd be curious to see what Nas can do. I kind of want to see Nas get. Yes, bro. Me too, of. dude. I really want it because he's he's got the tools to be the one v one stop. Yeah, because he's. He's athletic. He not not Derek athleticism. Nobody is that athletic, but he's plenty athletic. He's like a lot bigger than Derek. A lot stronger. Yes. Like yes. he just kind of has that build, like sort of that uh, Kawhi Leonard, like OG Ananobi, Jalen Brown. No, no, like, Kawhi Leonard is a great example of that build. Definitely. Yeah, just kind of those broad shoulders, a muscular yeah. kind of guy. Um, I he played in the first half and he drained a three. The shot is starting to fall for Nas, but he did not make an appearance. In the second half, but back to Derek Jones. Um, I don't know. I'd give him like a C plus. He really does nothing on offense. Like I know. I think he just needs to figure out his game more. It's like yeah, and he I has a think- good looking shot. He misses a lot of them, but yeah. he's good when he goes to the basket. Okay, dude, I am so tired. He needs to stop dunking so hard. He misses them. Yeah. Like yeah, he has so many dunk of the year, miss dunk of the years. Like he just just dunk it normal. Like yeah, he like literally I, brings it like down to his waist and then just like breaks <laughs> off the back iron. Like just dunk the ball. I was gonna say because we talk about him all the time as like the best dunker in the NBA, but I don't know if there's a player who shoots as low a percentage on their dunks as <laughs> Jones. But. It's so bad. And to, it's so to, frustrating because it's like that would have been that would have been the dunk of the year. Like you yeah. could have just brought it one inch less low and you would have made it. Yes. Or like, I don't even know it is because he gets so high above the rim. Like he literally just put it in and somehow it like comes off the back iron. Like it yeah, doesn't even and, make sense. And a lot of it I feel like has to do with like the dunks he takes are just so hard compared. Like not many people like dunk over two defenders taking off from like. No. Yeah. And that too, he, he'll take off from literally like one foot in from the free throw line. And then, yeah. like I said, he does this with it. And it's like, <laughs> bro, just like, can you keep two hands on it and just, just throw it down? Like, yeah. Yeah, and he really doesn't have like any sort of layup <laughs> or touch around the basket. I had yeah. a three point shot, like yeah, like you were saying, it looks good, but it just doesn't go in. Um, it's, it's his birthday though. Oh, it is his birthday today. Happy birthday! Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Derek. Um, he's a pretty he's he's getting he's a fine shooter from the corners. I will say, like yeah, the, yeah, you let him from the corners, not not so much an above the break shooter yet. Um, and I, feel I think like, he, I think he can finish around the basket just because he's so yeah. athletic. I think if he works on that, he can like not like the type where you take someone off the dribble, but like you know, like a back door, and then you jump over the defender and finish half the glass. I think he can work yeah. on that. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, and I feel like a lot of it's not not his fault because he he sometimes makes these smart cuts, and it's just like that nobody finds him. Um, yeah, because we're not really used to that finding someone like that. So I think that'll just kind of yeah. come with time. Even back when we had like Aminu and Harkless, um, like none of them were really active. No, they weren't slashers in the same way. Yeah, but if if we ever figure out how to use Derek on like those cuts and stuff, if we figure out a way to just kind of integrate the skills he brings into the offense better that's gonna you know be- who i think will be good at that is nurkic i think nurkic yeah. could be really good at finding him because nurkic catches it at the top of the key a lot and he has mm-hmm. such great vision and passing ability i think that could be a good connection yeah that's what i was thinking before just kind of like when he catches it on the short roll like if if they if they're double teaming game and kind of trapping him and he does that little dump off to nurk if Derek can cut at that point that's going to be sort of a dangerous thing yeah and i think nurkic is like one of the the best candidates on the team to make that pass. So yeah, yeah, because Nurk, he's probably like the most creative, sort of aggressive yeah. passer on the Trailblazers. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. That'll be exciting to see if they can develop any sort of chemistry when Nurkic comes back. But yeah, as of now, I'm probably gonna give Derek a C plus just because his defense has been very solid. And he's I mean he hasn't always seemed like a great defender just because he's getting beat so often, but a lot of that just has to do with the players we're putting him on. Like, like pretty much anybody's going to get beat quite a bit if they're guarding the best player on the team every night. Yeah. But, um, What'd you give Melo? For a grade? Um, I gave him a B, I think. Oh, um, did I ever? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I gave him a B plus just because yeah. of his heroics in some of the games. I kind of valued that, but I mean... If we're just weighting everything equally, I think a B sounds fair. But I gave him a B plus. Um, and then Derek a C plus. Shannon, what did you want to give him? Uh, I'm gonna go with a C plus as well. I just would like to see a little more. Um, I mean, we like we said before, we have a lot of scoring on the team already. But I would like to see him look to be a little more aggressive offensively and like efficient. Yeah, and I mean, he doesn't have to like score a ton of points a game. He doesn't no, have, no, no, have no. a high usage, but just just like. He doesn't really have an identity on offense right yeah. now. Yeah, and really- I think the the player build that he is, like he could definitely be the type of guy who, like, when you turn your head for a second on a, on an offensive possession because of CJ Dame and Gary and all those guys, he can take advantage of that and get an easy too. Like, I feel like he should be that type of player. Yeah, and I mean, I feel, yeah, it's just yeah, I, you're, it's frustrating because like he sometimes like is trying to be like sometimes he does make these cuts, but. Yeah, it just feels like – and a part of it is, too, because the season has been so weird. We haven't had a lot of practices. And so maybe, like, if we had a full training camp and, like, a full lead-up to the season, Terry could have, like, um, made some adjustments to the offense or, like, done some things that were, like, designed with Derek in mind. But that really hasn't really – that hasn't – And you know really- what else? I feel like Derek is the type of player who, like, he if – he, if you're not, like, getting him looks – and like emphasizing those cuts and hitting him on those cuts, he's kind of just going to kind of like step back and be a little more timid and maybe stop making those cuts because he's just like such a timid guy. And like, I feel like you can kind of see that in his game. Like yeah. if it's not like being worked into him, like he's not just going to go get his own, like a, like a Gary would like just put him on anything and he's going to shoot the ball no matter what. Like he's not that type of player. Yeah. He's been, He's been a little, um, little passive, but yeah, he I'm is kind of like a shy guy by nature, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely seems that way in interviews. But 
we'll we'll see how his season progresses. I mean, he, even he is like, I mean, I everybody on the Blazers has looked a lot better in the past couple of weeks, but he definitely has too. Um, I guess Ennis, we haven't gotten to Ennis Cantor yet, who has had yet another really good run with the Blazers in the absence of Yusuf Nurkic. It's so funny. Both of the times we've gotten him, we've brought him in as Nurkic's backup and then like, 10 games into him being on the team, he becomes the starter. And both yeah. times he's adjusted wonderfully. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's got to be like in top three, if not the best offensive rebounder in the league. He's just so good at just tracking that ball and just dialing in on where it's going to be and just grabbing it. And also his finishing around the rim is so impressive. It's beautiful. Um, Such a good shot maker around the rim. He'll do like baby hooks or just like – He's so good around the rim. He's super impressive. The, when he gets the ball in the post, it's like the beautiful marriage of just brute force and then wonderful touch. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true because he's such a, like, like with the ball, he's just, like, he's not, like, crafty at all, but, like, around the rim, his touch is so soft. Yeah, he'll just body people and then just drop in a nice floater over their heads. And so – yeah exactly. he's, i was saying yesterday like i wish we made more of an effort to like make him the first option in our offense because he was just bodying chris stops every time he was in the game and then in the second half terry kind of went away from ennis canter i mean i didn't really i didn't really see why that would have been the case because um it's not like they were getting super hot from threes it's not like they were kind of exploiting the fact that ennis canter was on the floor and using it as an opportunity to sort of bomb away, like right. guarding like Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba. And I guess those guys hit a couple of shots as the game went on. But I don't, I thought Ennis was giving us such an advantage offensively just because Kristaps couldn't really compete with him on the boards. Like he couldn't compete with him in the post. I would have, I would have gone with Ennis, I think a little bit more than what Terry did in the, Mavericks game, but um, Giles was playing very well too, so I can't really fault him too much there. Um, yeah, but yeah, and then Ennis, he's just been so consistent over the course of the season oh, yeah. as well. He doesn't really have bad games, no, yeah, because his, yeah, he's just his game is so consistent. It's like yeah. it's not like a it's like Carmelo, it just depends so much on the shots going in because they're they're tough shots, even though he's made his career off that. But Ennis, they're they are easy looks when yeah. you have that touch, like, yeah. Uh, a fantastic quote from Stephen A. Smith just came in. Really? Yeah. Steph Curry ain't big Damian Lillard when it comes to crunch time, when it comes to clutch points. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Stop it right now. Steph, God Steph, damn. Steph's made his fair share of clutch stories over the course of his career, but comparing anybody not named LeBron James to Damian Lillard in terms of best players in the clutch, not, not many players are coming out well in that comparison. It's facts. Yeah. I don't listen to anything, Steve. Especially not Luca. We learned that last night. Yeah. How did Luca play? Let me see. He played really, really well. He was yeah, he, 44, he was baby. Yeah. And he's turning up the three wide ball, open I three. See. Wide open three that I'm hitting nine out of ten times. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, was that to tie it up that he missed? Yeah. Yeah, we would have won anyways, but. <laughs> Anyways, who were we just talking about? Oh, Ennis. Yeah. Uh, did you already give your grade or not? 
I've got a gift in this. I'll give him an A minus. I think Jesus just because Christ. our our defense has fallen off so hard when he's been on the floor. But I mean, he's not never really been known as a defensive center. So I yeah, honestly, honestly, I might just give him an A because everyone knows his defense sucks. So yeah. he's just been so consistent, so big. For yeah, us. yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll give him an A because I mean it, it is tough because his defense is bad. Like yeah, but I mean I graded in the uh, A. I I gave Damian Lillard a B plus because I was grading based off my expectations. So I kind right. of I can't hold a double standard. I have to I have to give in a. Grade. You can tell these are Blazer fans giving the Blazer grades. <laughs> Dude, what do you mean? Ennis is just fantastic. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Maybe I'll. I'll give him an A because I mean for the fact because he was expected to come in and be a backup center for Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah. Now he's starting and he's starting very efficiently and we're winning more games than we should be. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I just want to look at his on-off numbers before I lock it in. Um, <laughs> so when he is on the court, our offense is seven points better per one hundred possessions. Our, our offensive rebound percentage goes up by 10% when he's on the floor, which is 100th percentile in the NBA. So Bro. he really is like the best offensive Damn. rebounder in the NBA. Um, yeah. Our defense is two points per 100 possessions worth, which I mean, that's worse, but I mean, it's not that. Not bad. that bad. That's not that bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll, give, him, I'll give him an A because I mean, that's still a net positive. And yeah. like, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for Ennis, it would just, like we wouldn't have any centers besides Giles because Collins yeah. is out, Nurkic is out. And have we heard anything about Giles? He left the court limping. Um, looked like he had like some oh. or something, but he didn't go to the locker room. He sat on the bench for the rest of the game. Um, it didn't. He's not like... on the. He's not on the injury report. Okay, so it must have just been a cramp or something like that. So yeah. that's good. Um, it was a little bit concerning to see him kind of make the way make his way off the court with as much urgency as he did but um, yeah especially on a non-contact play like that yeah yeah but yeah then when i saw him on the sideline after the commercial break ended i was relieved and yeah it turns out if he's not on the injury report yep, nothing to be too worried about so yeah Ennis gets an a and just as a brief tangent um how, like the celtics they could really use Ennis right now but no they just dumped him to us like yeah bro and they, they didn't use him at all when he was there bro the yeah disrespect. We, we didn't give up a single pick in that trade if anything like we got in his canter and we gave up mario hazonia which you could do that you, any you, we would have won the trade if we didn't get anything if we just gave up mario hazonia yeah so we basically got paid to take yeah, exactly. which <laughs> I mean, what what a masterstroke by Neil Olshay because <laughs> that has saved our season probably. So, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, is Mario Hazonia still in the league? No, I mean he's in a league, but not. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Yeah, dude, he sucks. I think it's he's like Croatian or something. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure, but. Oh, that's funny. That's I'm pretty, pretty sure he's getting paid by the Memphis Grizzlies, though, because... Oh, right on. Um, Poor Grizzlies. Yeah, so I guess moving on to our now backup center, Harry Giles. There you go. Okay, so 
He looked so good in the preseason. I've been kind of disappointed. I just mm. feel like I don't know if maybe he just needs to mature more or if it's just not going to happen. Like, there's just like plays where it's like you should finish that. And like sometimes, like, I, like he shows flashes and like he has like the, the body. Feel me, but like, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he hasn't he hasn't put it together for the no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This season, I he doesn't really contribute anything offensively. He's not. I mean, he he does. He's not an incredible screener. He's not like in his crashing the glass. Um, he was sort Except of for he'll he'll hit like a random contested three sometimes. Like at the end of the shot clock, he'll just pull it. And it's money, and it's like, what? Yeah. Like, can you do that earlier in the shot clock? Like, if you're open, like, <laughs> yeah. And he, he hit that contested too last night on the day slot yeah. against Dallas. Yeah, he he. There's some intrigue to his game because he's such a he's kind of built as this passing center, and he does have like good vision and good touch on his passes. He's got like good touch on his jumper, like you were saying. He can hit them on occasion. I'd be curious to know what he shoots from the free throw line because. That would be a good indicator. I'd be uh, curious to see him in practice. Like, yeah, I feel like he maybe is one of those guys who balls out in practice. Seventy-eight, last ten games. Seventy-eight from the line. Yeah, I mean that's good for a center. Forty-eight percent at the rim, though. I mean that's not. Yeah, really, it's that's not going to cut it. He's he's just um this weird player because. He doesn't really have like he can't really guard power power forwards. I wouldn't think at least not most power forwards. And he's also not strong enough or physical enough to kind of contain big men on the inside. He's just kind of one of those in between guys, and he does have some useful skills, but um, it's just he's kind of like a man without a country in a certain sense. Um, yeah, not really sure what to make of him. It's disappointing. Oh. The preseason was so like. Promising yeah. for him. And um, I will say like, when we when He's we got the of, body <laughs> when we sort of needed a change of pace from Ennis Cantor, like Harry at least brings some energy defensively. He definitely can do some things on that end of the court that Ennis can't. He's like a more willing defender. He'll get out at like the level of the screen and he'll like make a rotation and close out to the three-point line if he has to. So he can definitely bring like aspects that Ennis Cantor can't on defense. But I would almost argue that Ennis is like a better defender just because of like the physicality and the paint and the defensive rebounding. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily say that one's better than the other. Like Giles is just kind of different. And there are certain situations where we bring Giles in and it works. But as like just yeah. a every game backup center, um, he's just not really quite bringing it in that regard. I'd give him like a... I'd give him a C minus though, because when we brought him in, we already had Zach Collins. We had Yusuf Nurkic. We had Ennis Cantor. He was supposed to be more like a end of the bench development guy sort of deal. Yeah. And then like he kind of got forced to play, which I don't really think was part of the plan. And I mean, he hasn't he hasn't been terrible. Like he hasn't really been killing us. Um, he hasn't been one of our best players. He hasn't really been like an average backup center, but he's not like super damaging. So I'll just give him a C minus. I'll give him a C for all the reasons you stated. I feel like it's fair. Um, who have we not? Gotten? Anthony. Yeah, we haven't gotten to Anthony. Good call. Um, yeah, he's another guy who's coming on lately, and apparently teams are 
taking notice here. I, <laughs> I want to find that. Um, I want to find the Shams quote and read it out. Okay. Wait, he actually said something himself. Who? Anthony or no, did Sham- somebody report it? Yeah. Sham Sharania. Um, oh, Anthony is like, is like an extremely impressive guard. Like he is like, yeah, very explosive. And also he has a nice shot. Like he can hit a lot of shots. But he is so explosive around the rim, and like he's he's an impressive guard. I don't. I I would think that teams would be interested in him, especially young teams. Like and, he's shown before, like when he has minutes, he can score at a high level. Like and the most like valuable or sort of rare skill a guard can have is the ability to like consistently shoot threes off the dribble. And yeah. Anthony's definitely been doing that for us this season. I mean, from Sham Sharania. Rival teams are continuing to monitor the growth of Trailblazers guard Anthony Simons. The young guard is playing behind all NBA star Damian Lillard, but has shown flashes of scoring ability and playmaking in his career. He's currently averaging eight and a half points and 2.3 rebounds per game. And so obviously those numbers have gone up significantly since um, CJ went down. And that's really when Ant's been, um, like called into the game a lot more often. He was kind of the odd man out when you look at him, Gary, Damon, CJ, back when CJ was healthy. But, yep, he's been in the game, definitely been making the most of his opportunities on offense. He still has a long ways to go defensively, I think. Yeah, but he's so athletic. I mean. Yeah. Um, he's got the tools. It says rival teams, dude. So that means, like, rival teams. Golden. Golden State. State. Gold Warriors. We yeah, don't really they, need him though. They could really use Anthony Simons. <laughs> no, we got we have Brad. Brad, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> I I actually um Golden State, their fans have been hating on Brad Wanamaker. He does some things well though. Like his defense has been very good this season. They just need they need him to um actually get the ball inside of the basket. Is or yeah, the, like there's no shot crazy <laughs> when Stephen Curry's off the floor. Like they actually, they could really use Anthony Simons. Um, um, the thing is, I was I said this to Jonah yesterday. With CJ Dame and Gary, the Blazers have the best starting and backup backcourts in the league. Mm-hmm. But realistically, when CJ Dame and Gary are healthy, one of them is going to be on the floor at all times. And so, like, it just doesn't really leave a window for Ant. So it's kind of tough. Like it does kind of make sense that we could look at adding like a really effective wing. Yeah. Um, who's going to be big minutes for us. Imagine having like Gary Trent and Kelly Oubre on the same team. Imagine having Gary Trent and Patty Mills on the same team, bro. Like, oh my. They're literally the exact same player. Yeah, like, they, do they are the alike. exact same player. And Patty's they look a lot of like. Raw. He's still yeah, good. Patty's still good. Yeah, the no, but, Warriors should. The Warriors, if they can trade like Kelly for Patty Mills, that would be incredible. What the? F- that would help no. a lot. I would rather keep Ubre, dude. Why? Because Ubre's long. His putbacks I mean, are insane. His dunks, I love it. I absolutely love when he tries to go up and slam on two people, and it just. Do gets, you prefer that over winning games? <laughs> or winning games with him. I mean, yeah, some teams just have different expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I like Kelly. If, if, he's he's if growing you go, If you want to go 14 and 13 and watch some cool dunks, then Kelly is he's your guy. 
He is your guy. As long as we're over 500, make it to the I playoffs. Mean, I, yeah, I don't know if over 500 is going to cut it this year. I mean, with the way the Spurs... I'll have, take it. With the ways the Spurs have been playing, like these playoff spots in the West... Dude, we are, can smack around the Spurs. I'm not scared of the Spurs. In a play-in game, the Spurs we'll crack guys, them. They beat you twice. Huh? Did they beat you twice? So just one of those two games. No, we dis- we beat them. We definitely beat them one game. Okay, so you guys split that. But they beat you also. But we don't have a guy over Honestly, six, in a, six. In a playing game. We don't have Dude, a guy a over six game? six right now. Dude, in a playing game, I'm taking the Spurs. They got oh, a lot of big shot makers, dude. I I would have to think about it, but um, yeah, dude, I, I, I'm definitely haters, my man. Dude, Lamarcus Aldridge wasn't even playing when you played them. Also, we didn't have. Yeah, until they, neither did they. They they, did. they have Jakob Pertle. We have Draymond Green. Draymond's good. Was but, another thing that was kind of hurting the Spurs' chances, as well as LaMarcus Aldridge not playing, was the absence of Wiseman. You got to think that might exactly true. No, yeah, the, dude. the first pretty that sure makes it, was, it a lot easier for the Spurs. The first game against the when Spurs, Wiseman's on the court, we held the Spurs to under forty percent shooting both games. Yeah. And so we'll we'll have to see how that progresses. I'm I'm a little. We talked about this when Grant was on the podcast. I'm a little bit less of a Spurs believer, um, but at a, at some point the Warriors are going to have to pass them. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see how the season progresses. No, but the difference between the East and the West, dude. I remember thinking going into this year like that it's kind of evening out, but like no. like I said, we have a better record than the Bucks, the second team in the East. It's one game, but still. Yeah. Yeah, the West is, are garbage. The West is really tough, especially since the Mavericks. Um, I mean, they're going to be back in it soon. They're they're thirteen and fifteen right now. Is that the record? But, yeah, thirteen, um, fifteen. But they're they're arguably arguably better than like the Warriors, the Spurs, even like yeah, I think they should be. But like yeah, you could make the case that they're even better than like the Trailblazers and Suns. So. Um, so yeah, the West is a dangerous place to be right now. Um, what was Anthony's effort, grade? I'll give him a B plus. Yeah, I'll ride with that. I'll ride with a B plus. And then um, Nasser? Yeah, he hasn't really played much. I mean, he had one really awesome a plus. Game against Milwaukee. Yeah, <laughs> a pretty pretty small sample size for Nas. I would be really intrigued to see him get regular minutes going forward, but it doesn't really yeah. seem like that's going to be the case. Yeah, but well, the, with the additions of Derek and with the additions of Derek and Robert, it kind of yeah, that's that's what I was kind of talking about the other day that um that if we were able to like make a trade and like package Anthony with like I don't know Derek or um and I get a player like a Harrison Barnes or like an Aaron Gordon, our guard rotation would go from Derek Jones, Robert Covington. Um, with the backups of Hood and Mello to being like Aaron Gordon and Robert Covington with the backs up, uh, backups of Carmelo Anthony and Nazir Little, which I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that's the bad proposition, but we'll have, we'll have to see what Neil Walsh has in store for us. I heard the Kings want to hold on to Harrison Barnes. I know that's just an example, but that's, that's what I've heard too. And he's not old and he's been playing amazing this season. So yeah. I think you probably really have to twist their arm to get them to let go of Harrison Barnes. Aaron Gordon, on the other hand, seems like seems like that might be the direction the Magic are heading in. It seems like 
there might be a fire sale in Orlando <laughs> at the trade deadline. When you look at some of the guys they've got, like Fournier, you wouldn't imagine he'd be long for that team. Um, Aaron Gordon. It's going to be well. a blowout sale. Yeah, yeah. Everything must go. <laughs> yeah, going out of business. <laughs> just, yeah, like really just trying to liquidate some of those assets, like get some draft picks. Um, yeah. I think that would, I think that would be smart for Orlando to do that. So who knows? Wait, so what was this um, year? I don't know. I haven't really seen him play enough, but A plus. I'll give him a. All right, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know because give, give him a B plus. Just give him a, a B, B plus. plus. Yeah, because I mean, based on what we've seen, A plus would be the grade. But like, it could just be a fluke. It's such a small yeah. sample size. <laughs> I would hate to give him an A plus and then like I, I don't know. But the player he's turning into, he really reminds me of um with the shot looking as good as it does, like a Jeremy Grant possibly yeah. because. And I'm not talking about early career Jeremy Grant. I'm not talking about like. Um, I'm not talking about Philadelphia Jeremy Grant or OKC Jeremy Grant, although the season Nazir Little had last year, you could compare that to early career Jeremy Grant. I'm more talking about like um, Nazir, he looks like the Pistons version of Jeremy Grant. And so like, that's a pretty good player. When, when the three's going in, he, he even has been like, when he puts the ball on the floor, he looks really good, which is. That's what of- I kept going on and on about, dude. He looks so comfortable yeah. in the paint. Yeah. That's super impressive from a, someone who has not seen really any serious minutes for the most part. I mean, he kind of did last season played a good yeah. amount, but you don't expect that from people who haven't had a lot of it, like expectations. And he, but I mean, he did early in his career, like in high school, he was a baller, bro. Like he was carrying, yeah. but yeah. yeah. And I don't know how he did it too. When you think about the fact he had that dehydration thing going on in Orlando during the bubble, he had COVID during training camp and he wasn't really able to, um, start out the season with us so like sometime in between the dehydration and the covid he just improved his game like, that's what almost just makes me think that it's been there you know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah it's very impressive like and the shot it looks good it's not like he's taking these weird oh yeah i think he's shots. worked on the shot the shot looks a lot better yeah but, yeah yeah I'm, i would love to see him get more playing time for sure um yeah we're gonna yeah, the Blazers are a deep team this year, man. It's yeah, very, very interesting. All right, Jonah, I'm gonna read off Warrior names. And give me a grade really quick, okay? Okay. Draymond Green. A A A minus. A. Uh, a yeah, I gave a. him A minus two. Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. B A solid yeah. B B plus. You give him an A for Andrew. I give him like an A minus for Andrew. Okay. He's been good. He's impressed yeah. me. Kelly. Kelly, C, give him C like, plus. Yeah, B minus. C B minus? minus. No B. Oh, okay, okay. Eric B Pascal. Eric, I'd give him a B. Okay, Kent. You know, Kent. I'm gonna give him an A. Like they got, yeah. him off, they got him off the. He was a minimum contract, and he's been awesome for them. Yeah, Brad. I'd give him a B minus. I mean, he's he's I I. I just don't like that from Bob Myers. Like he's a great defender, but is he really the guy you want to bring in as the backup point guard? Like at least in Boston, Boston has so much playmaking that doesn't come from point guard. Because yeah. Marcus Mark can do stuff. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, obviously they have Gordon Hayward. Like they've just got so many guys who can do stuff with the ball in their hands that it's not like a big deal if their point guard isn't the best playmaker, but for the Warriors to bring him in and then, um, 
like expect him to fulfill the traditional point guard duties on offense. I think that was a little bit of a yeah, far-fetched decision. And hopefully they can amend that. I think if the Warriors brought in like another offensive point guard, like I don't know if they have what it takes to get Anthony without um, – I, I think they'd probably prefer to bring in like a veteran who was a little bit cheaper. Like if they could bring in like Patty Mills, that would just – do wonders for them. That would kind of transform them, in my opinion. Patty Mills, yeah, he'd be yeah, like. No, the, I agree. When we talked about JJ Redick and having like a shooter on the floor with Steph, like Patty Mills could do that, probably as good, if not better, than Redick, just because of like the defense he can bring as well. And then he could also be their backup point guard. Like Patty Mills, that would be a game changer for Golden State if they were to get him. I agree. Dealy. Damian Lee. Um, I mean, he's hit some big shots this season, so I've got to factor that in. Overall, he's been a bit of a disappointment. I'll give him like a B or a B plus. Michael. Michael Mulder. He hasn't played was, a lot, but he sinks. He sinks the three ball. I'd give him like I give him like a C plus, B minus. Has he been really hitting the three? I feel like when I've watched him, he's always he's always been cold. Which I've been a big Michael Mulder guy in the past. Last um, last ten games, he's forty one. Yeah, he actually his efficiency hasn't been that. No, Kavon, um, Kavon, I'd give Kavon a B. I'd give Wiseman a B, and then. I'll oh yeah, Kavon. I'd give Kavon an A minus. Um, he's I he's been their best center. Like aside from the lineups when they've had Draymond Green at the five, which obviously that's just not a sustainable way to play. But if you're just asking me, who would I rather have out there of Marquise Chris? Um, James Wiseman. Oh, yeah, Marquise. Him breaking his leg is trash. I think I'd take Kavon out of those three guys, and so I'd actually give him an A-. minus. Who is the second guy you said? Who do you think? Oh, was it Wiseman? I'd give him a, I'd give him a D or a D+. Plus. I mean, I was a Wiseman fan going into the season. Um, oh, and he I, really sucks. I had, I had Wiseman on my top five draft. Like, big Jana, how many Warrior games do you watch? <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, it's not hard to watch Warrior games. They're on national TV all the time, so I feel like Chan's probably seen a lot of them. Because I mean, you, Dude, you at least are like, come on, you at least bro. tune in. When it's a like, D? You'd give him a D. He played I three mean, college games. I mean, no, these are all just preseason. These are all just based off my expectations. Like I said, yeah. before, like I, I, I thought Wiseman. I thought he was gonna be like. We talked about it before going into the draft. I was always a, I was always more of a Lamelo fan than a James Wiseman fan. But I thought the Warriors should draft Wiseman because I thought he could kind of bridge the gap between being like this long-term prospect, but also somebody who could help the team right now. And no, he's not helping them at all right now. He's not helping them. No, no. He went off over the number here. Do I have to? Do I have to do the numbers again? Um, no, I don't want to hear him again. Okay, but but um. So he is. Steph gets three letter player. grades. He, he is the M and a V and a P. He's not helping them in the slightest this year. He's a long term project. That much is clear. In the playoffs, it's probably going to be um, Kevon Looney and Draymond Green and maybe Kevon can stand the court. Jesus. Yeah, true. At well, I, I mean, say the same about Wiseman though. Um, it's going to be a tandem of uh, Looney and Green and maybe Pascal at center. If you're going so it's clear Wiseman's going to be more of a long-term building project. If you're going to take the long-term project, 
maybe you take Lamella Ball because I think it was pretty clear. Well, not clear, but I think oh, Lamella Ball's already myself included, like had him as the better prospect entering the season. And Lamelo, he's been awesome this season. Um, so that was um, Bob Myers. I got a kind of I hindsight is twenty twenty, but that's not looking incredible right now. Um, we haven't talked about Rodney Hood, have we? Oh yeah, we haven't. We've overlooked. Rodney. Also, the Blazers made an appearance in the latest ESPN Power Rankings. What number? Nine. Nine. Is it every team in the power rankings, my guy? No, top ten. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Did they just do top ten? Because usually they do all the teams. I think Shannon's just talking about probably what they post in that picture on Instagram. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Should we? um, But since you bring it up, let's see where the Warriors made their appearance in the power rankings. Actually, well, the Spurs, the Spurs were number ten. The Warriors have been playing. The Warriors have been playing better recently. I think you've got to say that. Um, they, yeah, they're 13th in the power rankings, which is fair. Yeah. Chan or Callan does 13. That sounds good for Golden State, right? Yeah. Mid pack all the way. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. did Spurs are 10? The Spurs are 10 straight up. I mean, Spurs yeah, are they, garbage. The Warriors will be, the Warriors would literally beat the Spurs in five games. I mean, that's not going to be a series, so it's going to be like a plain game. No, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying though, like oh, they're, they're oh, not dude. scary at all. Yes, they are, bro. What for the for the Warriors, dude? They the shot Warriors forty got... and thirty nine percent at dude, those are, home that's against one game, bro. Those are two, two games, games in a row. Forty and the Warriors and lost to them. The Warriors lost. Yeah, but okay. when they were shooting that bad, dude, like they didn't have the Marcus yeah. Aldridge. Yeah, but. Okay. It was a pure money ball. The Marks are just a pure money ball. Who's According stopping that? James Wiseman? Kind of washed. So the Warriors. Oh, Rosen. They the got Warriors DeMar, this week. Got have, the Warriors this week. Yeah, DeJounte killed us. He hit this one corner three ball with the hand right in his face. He's a savage. Solid, dude. That, that's what killed us right there. Oh, he's a, he's a savage. So, somebody's been looking for Azabuki. Somebody's been, yeah, somebody's been listening to the Warriors broadcast a little bit too much. Hey, you know that I've been saying that. Uh, we, Shannon, we were talking about who we thought the best and worst broadcast teams in the NBA were on the last podcast. Oh, no. Oh, I was listening to Ozabuki, um when I was watching the um, Magic game, and I was almost to the point where I'm about to mute this. Because it's 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 bad sometimes. Because he just starts yelling randomly. He's like, "Oh!" and then he'll just go and he'll say those little stupid things too, like he just says "savage" or stuff like that. Oh, and just, Wait, was was the Dallas game? Was that was that the Dallas team or was that on like? No, that was was that ESPN or something? Yeah, like but Dallas. When it's on ESPN, they also do the local. TNT is the only one where it's like exclusively. Oh, really? So that was the that was the Dallas announcers. Yeah. Yeah, they were pretty bad. Or yeah, and you mean when there was, was on- one team the Blazers played on the road recently, and the announcers like Loki kind of seemed like they were probably racist. I don't remember who it was. Really? I like, what I they always, do? I like always, just the way they were talking about it, it was weird. I always just I like about the players. Too. 
I always listen to Northwest or when it's on yeah. ESPN, I listen to like ESPN or um, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I can't. Well, Rodney Hood, though. Yeah, Rodney Hood. Um, he got off to a miserable start to the season. Yeah. Um, I definitely had, had higher hopes. Yeah, he's had a couple of good games. I mean, can't really blame him coming back from the Achilles. He missed over a year. Um, yeah. But yeah, he just really struggled to find a shot. He played well against the Spurs in that game we lost on Martin Luther King's Day. Definitely played well against the Wizards. Um, he's yeah. out with like a foot sprain right now, foot soreness, something yeah. like that. So he's going to miss some more time. Um, I'll give him I'll give him a C. Um, it's only a C because he's had a couple good games re- lately. But really, like, yeah, he, his start to the season was not good. Yeah, I'm, I was going to go with C plus just with the injury considered and everything. True. Yeah. So, wait, what'd you give him, Jonah? C? Yeah, I gave him a C. Maybe a C minus, though. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, was, I was excited to have him back, and he's definitely taking some time. And all the grades for the Blazers were very positive. Like, nobody got below a C, nobody got a D or a F. But when you're going 16 and 10 without without two of your three best players, like obviously guys are playing well. And so yeah. you've just got to kind of give credit where it's due. Yes, sir. Well, I can't wait to play you guys. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. And hopefully Wiseman drops a freaking 30 piece on your ass. Dude, you should hope he's not playing. Yeah. I, I hope he plays every single day. He's one of my favorite players to watch. That's why it kills me every time you guys. It hurts my feelings. Well, um, if the Warriors make the playoffs, honestly, I'm pretty sure Steph's going to win MVP because there's no one playing better than him right now. Except for LeBron and Embiid and Damian Lillard. And you're talking about Jokic. Steph is averaging the second most points in the league. Okay, so should should Bradley Beal win MVP because he's averaging the most points? (laughs) Yeah, but our team's actually winning. The Wizards only won like seven games. Okay, well. Well, I mean, they're I sure. I mean, winning to a degree. What are you You've talking about? You guys have games. two more wins than us. You guys have I think three, right? Three less and three less losses. Yeah. We've we've had a, we've are we play had to play the net. I mean, you guys play the Sixers plus, though. Plus, it's not like I'm saying Dame should be MVP either. I mean, yeah. I, I'd probably have to give it to like LeBron or Col- Steph's LeBron. playing better than Dame. Come on, guy. Look, Steph's playing better than Dame. I mean, sure, but. Um, I'm going LeBron or Embiid. I'm yeah, I'm going LeBron, Kawhi, Embiid. Um, then after that, then oh, Kevin Durant. You have to throw. His oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then after, uh, I would say throw. Steph is probably in like the fifth area. Yeah, I'd say Steph and Giannis having them at five or six interchangeably. Then I'd say you get to your, like Damian Lillard after that, and then yeah, maybe it's not it's not dumb to talk about Steph for MVP. He just wouldn't be my pick, and probably yeah. like. What? Yeah. Why? I, mean, I don't understand. Well, the, He's so the good. Because they're not in the they, playoffs. Yeah, a few of re- few reasons. The Warriors just haven't been very good. Traditionally, the MVP comes from like a one or a two seed. Like nineteen of the past twenty years, I'm pretty sure it's been a one or a two seed. And yeah. the only only time it wasn't, I think, was Russell Westbrook when he had like that first triple double season. And then, like, Stephen Curry has often has been great, but it's not like he's been the leader of a top five offense. Like, his offense has been so good that the Warriors have been, like, 17th in the league, which, I mean, that's good because without Steph, they'd be probably, like, 29th or 30th. But, I mean, like, how – I mean, 
if if you're the making, shots that he makes are insane. If you're making your case based off how great of an offensive player you are, and certainly Steph's an amazing offensive player. He gets turnovers. What are you talking about? He's scrappy on D. Well, I mean, he's a much better offensive player than defense. So. Yeah, and like That's if you're making the case based off this wonderful offense. I would want your offense to at least be like top 10, but the Warriors haven't even been above average. And I mean, they've been above average in minutes when Steph's on the floor, but even when Steph's on the floor, they haven't been like some elite offense. And obviously that's not his fault, but I mean, you've got to like, I mean, you, similarly with Nikola Jokic, like I just have a hard time crediting like the center when he's on the worst room protecting team in the league. I have a hard time like, saying that this point guard who's so great offensively should be MVP when he's not even on a league average offense, you know? Yeah. Like I, like I have him five. But you kind of made my point in within what you're saying without Steph, we're probably like the 30th best offense in the league. Well, you could yeah. say that about like so many guys and so many teams though. Yeah. And I mean, and, um, okay, but come on. In my opinion, like, um, like without LeBron, the Lakers, they'd probably, they'd probably still be fine. They'd probably be like the 17th or 18th best offense. But moving an offense from number 18 to like number three or four, that's so much more valuable than moving an offense from number 30 to number 17, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Who won in the head-to-head matchup between the Lakers and the Warriors? Warriors. <laughs> yeah, the Blazers also beat the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. So did the Pistons, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Lakers are easy claps. Yeah, Steph's in, Steph's in good company. Maybe, maybe <laughs> on right, we'll start getting some MVP. <laughs> the no, Nets, but all, the Nets are kind of soft, low key. The Nets. Dude, I, I was, I was, I totally called that game though. I tried to tell you guys. That. Yeah, you just Channing was right. Um, the Nets looked that 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 was probably the best performance they've had all. The, the Clippers game was pretty good though, but yeah, I mean they they were firing on all cylinders against the Warriors. Oh, oh the Bucks game that was another one, but yeah, yeah. they've had some impressive games, dude. I still like the Nets a lot. Yeah, if they if they can get that one defensive player that will kind of give them. Dude, you saw Andre Drummond's Nash's available now. Job. Yeah, Andre's not gonna play until they trade him, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know where the salary would come from, but. Yeah, I mean, either they they brought, they basically have no choice but to hope he gets bought out, which is possible. What does Steve Nash do? Uh, he's their know. head coach. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, I mean, what are you what are you gonna what are you supposed to do, honestly? I mean, yeah, oh, you I mean think, like with those players? Yeah. The, the reason just go hired, have fun. Go have fun. Yeah. Well, I think the reason they hired Steve Nash is because he was like guy. such a good teammate, and he has like yeah. he's a very emotionally intelligent guy. So I think most of his work is like more done off the court. Than yeah. During the yeah. Because you don't really just, need to coach those players. Yeah. Just I think it was more of like a chemistry thing. Yeah, managing egos and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. A lot of well. That. Okay, Should guys. We wrap this one up. Um, yeah. Just to be clear, I don't want to come across as some stuff hater. I have him at five or six in my MVP rankings. Yeah, right dude. And I, all star starter. He's balling. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would I hope so, in. Shannon. I voted him. <laughs> I would seriously hope so. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Good one, you guys. This was a good one. Yeah. All right. GGS. Bye bye.